as the official team doctors for high school and college teams across Greater Omaha. MD West One Sports Med doctors can get you back into the game stronger than ever. Meet the Sports Med team at mdwestone.com or call 402-390-4111. It's time for another Prep Zone report. We are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, and neurosurgery, and spine care, covering Greater Omaha for over 70 years. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me today is Mike Patterson, who is prepared to split his time over the next week between Omaha and Lincoln at some great baseball venues. Yeah, this is a good time. I when I could be cloned, Jake, when uh, we have half the tournament in Lincoln and half the tournament in Omaha. But, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to do a great job of covering both Class A and Class B, no matter where it's at. Definitely. Before we get into a state baseball preview, there was some eh, not necessarily big news yesterday, but some news that people are interested in that we should talk about for a little bit. Shot clock could be coming to Nebraska High School basketball. Yeah, you know, I do call that pretty big news, Jake. Not that it's happening for sure, but, uh, you know, it seems like the past, I don't know, five years, maybe a little more, there's kind of been a little more of a groundswell of support for it. Uh, The National Federation came out and just said, well, we're going to leave it up to each state to decide. So I see Iowa looks like they're going to be steaming forward with it. And um, Nebraska said possibly by 2022, 2023, maybe. So we shall see, um, like we were talking earlier, a a lot of it comes back to uh, the schools wanting to uh, add the expense of the shot clock and moreover finding reliable people to operate the shot clock for every home game they have. So um, that's definitely going to be an interesting thing to follow here in in the months to come. The way it would work, um, or at least the ruling from the NFSH or HS, would be a 35-second shot clock. Any proposal, though, must go through the NSAA legislative process. Um, So it it seems likelier now than it did two months ago. But as we've seen from some of those games, it's not necessarily that it would fix scoring. It would just – create more of an urgency on offense and kind of eliminate those stalling tactics. We've both seen those games that, you know, teams are four for 25 and a quarter. A shot clock isn't going to fix that, but it would, you know, maybe help beef up the offense a little bit. Right. And it it depends on the teams, um, boys and girls. I mean, there are certain teams that uh, 35 seconds, uh, they're never going to take that long. And, other ones, um, you know, they're very comfortable with slowing the game down. I think 35 is kind of a, a nice number. It's not like a 24-second clock where you're kind of hustling just to get it over the half-court line and then and set up your offense for, for a quick play. So I think 35 seconds is probably a, a reasonable amount. Um, like I said, a lot of coaches, I'm not sure if they're going to be uh, too on board with it. A lot are, maybe some aren't, that uh, have played that kind of slow down attack for, for a long time. They'll have to adjust. But uh, again, interesting to see where this goes in the future. Yeah, we'll have to watch for the latest on that. And I'm sure our, your colleague, our colleague, Stu Pospisil, will have us covered on all the latest there. Moving on to Class A baseball starts Saturday. And it's at two sites in Lincoln to open. There was a little bit of conflict with Haymarket. So you'll have two games at Den Hertog and two games at Sherman Field. 
10 a.m. and 2 p.m. The first one at Den Hartog Millard South, number one seed against number eight Columbus. And then the four seed Papillion La Vista South against the five seed Millard West at 2 p.m. Right. Let's start with that first game, Jake. Uh, Millard South, they're top ranked. They deserve the top seed, 30 and four. They've been one of the more consistent teams this year and really kind of topsy-turvy season. We've talked about the parity. We've talked about a lot of the great teams that didn't make it to state this year, but got very close. So uh, getting back to the Patriots, they've waited two years for uh, this state tournament after losing to Millard West two to one in 11 innings in 2019. And of course we didn't have the season last year because of the pandemic. Uh, They'll be taking on, kind of a dangerous Columbus team. They're really the uh, unexpected one making it to state. Haven't been there since 1953, but played very well in districts. They defeated Omaha Creighton Prep, and then they defeated Lincoln East. Uh, So, you know, the discoverers definitely earned their way in. So uh, I think you've got to give the Patriots the edge there. But, uh, boy, Columbus is definitely playing their their best at at the right time. First trip since 1953. Was that the longest state tournament drought? Um, well, you know, when you dip down into Class B, it um, you had Central City playing as a co-op this year. And as a co-op, they hadn't made it. But, uh, you know, I don't think any schools are going to go back beyond 1953. And I, I guess we should uh, mention, Jake, that Columbus wasn't playing baseball that whole time. They, they dropped it for a while. Nobody seems to know exactly when they dropped it, but they picked it back up in 1999. So they've been playing for 20 years and um, haven't gotten there. They've had uh, teams at the American Legion State Tournament in the summertime. So they've had some good players there in Columbus, but uh, just haven't been to the uh, state tournament in the spring. And of course, that's going to change on Saturday. What about that 4-5 matchup? Edge to the Wildcats, your de facto defending champion? That's kind of weird calling them the defending champions when so many of those guys from the 2019 team are, are gone. And, uh, you know, that's the way it was with all the teams this year, Jake, just a lot of new faces and, uh, uh, Millard West is the same way, but we have to call them the defending champions. They're the number five seed, um, have played very well for the most part this season. They went through a little bit of a stretch, strangely lost three games in their own tournament, which is, uh, I can't remember that happening in forever. So, but they're still a very solid team uh, playing Papio South. They've had a, a nice season too. Bill Lynham, the head coach, uh, Papio South won a couple of titles, I think 2010, 2011. So, uh, you know, they've got some tradition there too. I believe Papio South won the only game they played. It was early in the season against Millard West. Uh, but boy, right here, I, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Wildcats uh, as the quote unquote defending champs to uh, win a tight one there in the first round. And then at Sherman, those two games to open on Saturday, number two, Bellevue West against number seven, Fremont Bergen at 10 a.m. And then the 2 p.m. game that follows number three, Lincoln East against number six, Lincoln Southwest, the all Lincoln battle. Right. Let's start with uh, the Thunderbirds, the number two seed. Uh, Along with Millard South, those two teams have probably been the most consistent all season long, 27-4 and for Bellevue West. They won the uh, Metro Conference Tournament in midseason, won their district on their home field. So 
definitely uh, earned their way in. Fremont Bergen has had a nice season too. I had them ranked uh, as high as number two early in the season. Um, they were defeated in districts, so they are one of the two wild cards. But having said that, uh, the Knights have a nice team too. Uh, their top pitcher, Carter Sintek, defeated Millard South earlier this year, gave them one of their few losses. So um, dangerous first rounder there for Bellevue West, but I think you got to give the uh, slight edge to the, to the Thunderbirds there as the number two seed. And then that 3-6, the all-Lincoln battle, what's, what's, what's to watch for there? Yes, the Heartland Athletic Conference battle. They're uh, two teams that know each other well. They split two games earlier in the season. Uh, the Spartans, Lincoln East, are the number three seed. They've had a little bit of uh, the better of it this season. Um, Michael Lanick, their head coach, former prep assistant, has done a nice job. Having said that, Columbus upset Lincoln East in that district final, so the Spartans will go to state as the other wild card. Uh, Southwest, they're pretty much... Uh, a regular at state, uh, another consistent season, 19 and 10. I know that might not sound uh, tremendous, but that's just kind of the season it was, Jake. There was just a whole lot of parity and uh, 10 losses. It was really no shame in that. This year, Southwest played well, and they ended up winning that Fremont-Bergen district. So Southwest playing well, but uh, slight edge to the uh, Spartans, the number three seed in that, in that uh, first round. All right, so this is where we remind people that state baseball is that nice, wonderful double elimination tournament bracket that it can get wonky by about day three. But your four teams that you have starting at undefeated and or with, with a win and giving them that early edge because you want to stay without a loss as long as possible. Millard South, Patriots coming in on a 14-game winning streak. They won the district title. Millard West, Bellevue West, Lincoln East. Is it as simple as Millard South is number one in your rankings? If Millard South wins that day one, they that that's the edge for them. They can, you know, pencil them all the way through the bracket or? Uh, for sure, no, Jake. Um, like I said, these teams are all really close. And uh, a lot of teams that didn't make it are really close. So, but um, it is really important to win that first day to try to stay out of that loser's bracket in the double elimination tournament as long as possible. Um, under, under the uh, older format, boy, once you dropped into that loser's bracket, it was, it was almost impossible to battle your way back out. They've followed the, uh, the NSAA has followed the American Legion pattern. So it, it's not impossible to get back out of that loser's bracket, but uh, like I said, you want to stay out of there as long as possible. So, um, yeah, just because Millard South, even if they win that first one against Columbus, I, I'm not ready to uh, crown them as champions by a long shot because they would, uh, if they'd win that first round, then they'd play either Millard West or Papio South, and that is going to be a real battle. And if they would win that, then they'd be playing perhaps Bellevue West or whichever team is still undefeated on that other part of the bracket. So, very important to win in the first round, but, uh, you know, not impossible to come back through the loser's bracket, but uh, we'll see what happens on that first day. Definitely. And uh, the rest of the games after Saturday will be at Haymarket Park, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. All this assuming as well as Nebraska is known for, we avoid those May thunderstorms that always seem to pop up during state baseball. Right. It's uh, kind of a given. And, uh, 
those happen with state track. And since we have state track going on next week, we kind of have a, a double whammy going on with uh, the baseball and track. And of course, soccer will still be going on. But uh, boy, busy time for the state tournaments. That's for sure. So all those teams at the top are pretty evenly balanced. What's the who's the lower seed, your sleeper team that could that could run through? And if they're in that championship Thursday and if they win that championship Thursday, it wouldn't be a surprise. Well, uh, I'll define lower seed, Jake, as anything below the top four. So then I'm going to gravitate right to Miller West, the number five seed. Uh very deep, giving you the cop out. Very deep team. Uh, they have the pitching staff. You, you need the pitching staff, obviously, to survive this tournament, and especially with uh, the pitching counts that have been brought into play in the last few years. So, if you don't have that deep pitching staff, you're you're really in trouble. Um, you know, I don't think uh, Bergen or Columbus, to be honest, I don't know if they have the depth to to get there. Um, I guess if I wanted to pick another team that's not in the top four, perhaps Lincoln Southwest, they've, they've had some nice efforts. They always have a, a good competitive team, uh, have never won a state title. It's kind of like Millard West a couple years ago. I think that's going to happen someday. But uh, yeah, I'd say maybe number five or number six seeds there, Millard West or Lincoln Southwest, maybe the, the best chance of one of the non-top four seeds to, to make a run. And then in Class B, it's at Werner Park this year, which means Saturday we have a full day of action there, 10 a.m., and then the last game, 7 p.m., assuming they all start on time. Let's start with that 10 a.m. game, number one, Hastings against number eight, Beatrice. Right. Hastings uh, emerged as the number one team in our ratings uh, probably about the last month or so. I don't think they play quite the uh, schedule that some of the other teams do that we're going to talk about, but uh, the Tigers have had a nice season. They've had some nice Legion teams. Um, I think they finished as the runner up in class B in 2019 to Bennington. So uh, most of those players uh, have graduated, but uh, Hastings number one seed and uh, number one in our rankings, 20 and five. And uh, I think they deserve that top seed and, and Beatrice, the number eight seed, they kind of struggled down the stretch, Jake. Uh, they're coming in as, as one of the uh, wild cards. So they're 14 and six. Uh, I think it'd be a surprise if Beatrice can pull that upset in the first round. Not to say it's impossible, but uh, definitely uh, the edge to Hastings in that first round game. And then the number four, number five matchup at 1 p.m. Elkhorn, the four seed, and Ralston, the five seed. Yeah, that's two good teams to talk about, Jake. Elkhorn, we've talked about Drew Christo, the Nebraska recruit, leading the pitching staff. Uh, they had another pitcher, Chase Smith, throw a perfect game the last game of the regular season. So um, uh, Malachi uh, Vitak, another really good pitcher for Elkhorn. Talk about pitching depth. They have it. He's a Creighton recruit, so they can throw any one of those three guys at you. And uh, the Antlers, uh, very well-balanced team. I, I really look for them to be one of the favorites in this Class B tournament. And Ralston, a uh, team that hasn't been to state in a while. I think it's been 10 years. Um, Coach Tom Cooper has done a nice job with the Rams. They uh, finished off and won their district. So they're 20-7. and seven. So they've had a nice season. But uh, I, I'm going to give the edge to the, uh, to the Elkhorn Antlers. Not sure who they're going to pitch that first game, but uh, – of the three guys that I mentioned, I think they could throw 
any one of those three. Um, Josh Kilzer is a really good pitcher for Ralston. So if he can come up big, uh, maybe the Rams can steal that first one. But uh, I, I've got to give a slight edge to the Antlers there. That pitching matchup leads to one of my questions for you. Elkhorn, Drew Christo, as you said, great pitcher for them. He's also pretty good behind the plate. How? What do you think that balance is that they're going to find between – wanting him to pitch because he's one of their best pitchers, but also relying on that depth and getting him behind the plate. Right. Yeah. Like you said, also a, a good hitter. So, um, you know, it's not unusual in the high school ranks for, for the pitcher to hit for himself. So Drew pretty much does that. So I, I don't think it's really going to affect anything, Jake, that uh, he's, you know, either going to be pitching or, or playing uh, in the field someplace, but uh, yeah, very, uh, Outstanding athlete, led Elkhorn to the uh, Class B football title. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just uh, one of those great athletes. And, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what his future holds. I know there have been a lot of professional scouts at uh, Elkhorn games with their, with their radar guns on, uh, on Drew. So he's a Nebraska recruit, but uh, we'll see what happens in his future. But uh, before any of that happens, I'm sure he'd be the first to say, I want, to, I want to finish my uh, Elkhorn career with a state title. Definitely. Then that 3-6 matchup, number three, Omaha Scott, the Skyhawks. I feel like they're always seated high in any tournament that we talk about. Um, they'll face the number six, Central City, Fullerton, Centura, one of those nice co-ops. Right. Yeah, to be honest, uh, Central City, the number six seed, our, uh, our knowledge of them is, is kind of limited to, you know, just what we see on the stat sheet, but uh, they definitely earned their way here. They're uh, 19 and five. Uh, we know a lot more about Scott, obviously here closer to home. They won a title a couple of years ago, 17 and six. Uh, the Skyhawks defeated Bennington in their district final. So I, I think they're going in on a, on a pretty nice uh, role. Kate Barton is their uh, top pitcher. I expect him to be uh if, if not pitching that first game, uh, they would have a tough, if they pass that first test, they've got a tough semifinal ahead. So that, it's kind of interesting to think about that, Jake, as far as the coaches, they want to uh, have their best pitcher and the best matchups, but you also got to worry about wanting your pitcher back as soon as possible with pitch counts. So I, I've seen some of the top pitchers leave games early in the state tournament because coaches are thinking ahead that, Hopefully they can hang on and then they're going to have that pitcher back uh, maybe a little sooner than, than uh, expected. But uh, having said that three and six seeds, Scott against central city, let's give the, uh, the edge there to the Skyhawks. And then the last game of the day, there, set for 7 PM number two Norris against number seven Bennington. And again, de facto state champion defending champion there, are we giving the edge the number seven seed? I can't do it, Jake. Uh, the Badgers are the defending champions from 2019. They've had a good season. Um, they lost uh, in the Scut District, so they're the other wild card team this year, uh, along with Beatrice that we talked about. So Bennington has had a nice season. I, I remember talking to their coach before the season began as the defending champs, and uh, he didn't really know what to expect. So many young players on the team. Most of these guys were junior varsity last year. So, um, but I, I think Bennington has done a nice job of getting to state. Having said that, Norris, uh, you mentioned a school that seems to be there every year. Norris is like that in class B. The Titans are just a regular number two seed, 22 and seven. 
they just crushed uh, their competition the last five games of the regular season. Uh, they, that included two really lopsided wins in districts. So they're entering uh, state on a roll. And, um, you know, the Titans, like we said, are there every year. I've got to give the edge to Norris uh, in that game against Bennington. That would set up one heck of a Monday at Werner Park. Those elimination games would be feisty. And then the winner's bracket games, Hastings, Elkhorn, Omaha, Scott, Norris. Yeah, you'd have a hard time giving an edge to anybody that day. Right. That, that would be two great semifinals if that's what it is. But, uh, hey, we don't know what's going to happen on Saturday yet. But, uh, you know, I'm sure this question is coming up soon, Jake. But uh, when I look at those eight teams, um, man – I'm thinking of Hastings. I'm thinking of Norris. I'm thinking of uh, Scott. But uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to those Elkhorn Antlers. Like I said, they've got a deep pitching staff, and you really need that in a double elimination tournament. And uh, I know they're the number four seed, but uh, they can pass that first test against Ralston and and Kilzer probably pitching against them. Uh, They could maybe beat Hastings in that semi, and then that could set up a great maybe Elkhorn-Norris game. uh, on Tuesday, who knows? I'm getting ahead of myself there, but uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Antlers to come away with this Class B title, Jay. You know, I had a feeling that that's where you were going to go. You read my mind. I'm really looking forward to this one because it seems like a wide open bracket. I mean, we say that every year, um, but when when the four seed is maybe the strongest team in the tournament, it, it speaks to the, the depth of the teams and how, how good they look. I'm looking forward to hoping the rain stays away and that we get a nice five days of games at Werner Park and five days of good games down there in Lincoln. Right. You know what makes uh, baseball interesting, Jake? It makes it really tough to rate. Um, unlike basketball, where you've got the same starting five every every game, um, makes a big difference who's on that uh, bump, the starting pitcher for each of these games, each of these matchups. I've seen uh, state tournaments where one team has had just a real ace pitcher. Nobody wanted to face him, and uh, he was enough to uh, to pull out a, a first-round win for that team. So um, I think having said what we did about uh, who we think might win these state tournaments, um, a lot of unpredictability. So we'll see how that first day goes. That's when a lot of the best pitchers pitch, and uh, – go from there. But uh, yeah, I I think it's going to be a fun state tournament. Like you said, hopefully the rains hold off for us. What's your your plan for Saturday? Are you going to be Omaha or Lincoln? Well, it's changed about three or four times, Jake, because there's been some complications trying to cover uh, the state uh, soccer that we are and, and uh, you know, a track coming up next week and, um, class A being at two sites, that's kind of a complication too. I think the NSAA did that this year a little bit with COVID in mind, trying to spread things out because usually all four of those games are at the same site, like they are class B this year. So, um, having said that, I, I think the most recent plan, and this is of course, uh, possibly, uh, going to change between now and Saturday, but I think I'm covering the first two games at Den Hartog on Saturday in class A. Um, which would be uh, Millard South Columbus, Papio South Millard West. Then I'm going to uh, zip up to Werner Park and um, 
covered probably that last uh, class B game. We'll have somebody else there at Warner earlier on. And, and uh, so, yeah, like I said, it's a time when I really need to be cloned. Uh, <laughs> una unable to uh, figure that cloning process out. I'm going to be uh, in Lincoln covering a couple games and uh, back in uh, Omaha or more accurately Papillion at Warner Park covering uh, at least one game uh, of the class B tournament. Well, you'll be doing enough work this week that I think people just assume that you'll have multiple clones floating around out there, but yeah, people can find not just, not just one, but several <laughs> people can find your coverage. M Patterson, OWH on Twitter. Um, and we'll have coverage of the entire state baseball tournament, as well as you alluded to state soccer, track and field, golf, tennis, everything, any prep zone.com. We'll have live updates rolling until next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, hey.